Welcome to Gerard and Christine Live Life, a podcast dedicated to help motivate, inspire and encourage individuals from all walks of life to become a better version of themselves than what they were yesterday and to ultimately live a happy life. You can find us on all major social media networks like Facebook, Instagram and Strava. You can also search for Gerard and Christine Live Life on iTunes and Spotify. I hope you guys enjoy the next episode and always remember to live life. G'day guys, hope you're doing well. Um, we've got a very inspirational story lined up for you guys this week. It's important for, for us to go and find individuals out there that went through some tough stuff and they managed to get through it. I think there's a lot of people out there that's struggling with certain things and just hearing somebody that got through it and getting some tips on how they got through it will hopefully inspire these individuals to to get through it themselves and if you are in a great place maybe you know of somebody else that's going through some difficult things and um, these episodes might help them so this week's episode is with Candice Nettle also known as Kaz now Kaz is the head of creative design at an innovative healthcare company and she was born and bred here in Cape Town she's got a five-year-old daughter named Lily and some of the things that she loves is weightlifting, heavy metal music. She was actually a DJ in a club at some point. Um, she loves tattoos, riding bikes, wearing bikinis on stage. And one of her weaknesses is coffee with a dash of almond milk. You can find her on Instagram under the handle resolute underscore Kaz. That's resolute underscore C-A-Z for Kaz. So before we head on over to the episode, I would just like to thank our partners again. It's Truly Good Food, Body Evolution Meals, Epic Sports Nutrition, Keto Sports Nutrition, Milk Nut Company, Fit Patches, Organic Guru, Bexters, and a new one, Asijiki. We just received their um, stock for us, uh, so we're going to start to use their products. So look out on our social media pages for updates um, on how the products um, are going. So without any further ado, let's head on over to the episode. Welcome, Cass, to our humble abode and to our studio. How are you today? Good, and you? Hi, everybody. Great to have you here. Um, you've got an extremely inspirational story um, that I'm really looking forward to you sharing with our listeners. So before we get started and into the meat of everything, can you tell me a bit about who Cass is? Um, what's your story? Where, where did you grow up? Um, my name's Kaz Nettle. Um, I get asked a lot where I grew up. Maybe I look like I'm from somewhere else, but I'm not. Well, born and bred in Cape Town. Um, yeah, just a crazy mum. I was brought up not with much, uh, I had a lot of activity like BMX riding and things, but as I got older, I didn't have a kind of lifestyle where, I mean, gym was something that was frightening for me. It was not an option. You just... We didn't go to the gym. It wasn't a part of our lives. And eating was, you know, that was our, our recreation. Everything revolved around food. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up, I moved out. I started educating myself a bit about food and, and what's good good for me. In my 20s, you, I didn't stick to it much, as most people <laughs> don't. <laughs> but uh, I've always had a keen interest in in the body and, and keeping yourself healthy. Um, I have a full-time job as well, so this has always just been an interest um, on the sideline for me. I'm actually a graphic designer, and uh, I'm a mum of a five-year-old little girl, uh, which can be challenging, but I'm <laughs> insisting on raising her with, with, with the knowledge that I, 
I wish I was raised when it comes to to knowing yourself. And yeah, I love heavy metal. I love motorbikes, tattoos. Like I said, I'm a bit of a nutter. I'm <laughs> absolute caffeine junkie. Ordinary people aren't as excited. So. <laughs> but yeah, I love motorbikes. I'm also, it's a weird combination of things that I like because I also like baking and mm. sewing and gardening. And, <laughs> Sounds very domesticated. And, and, and being at home and, and doing those kinds of things. So yeah, now I've got a wide range of, of interests. Definitely. <laughs> and your story in a nutshell, and then we'll sort of talk a bit more about what triggered a, a decision to make a transformation. So if you can just describe your story to our listeners, sort of um, how your life has changed, perhaps how much weight you've lost, and like, like if you had to explain your story maybe in two sentences to someone, what, how would you explain that? Well, it started off, I mean, as I said, in my 20s, I didn't, I, I, I craved the knowledge on, on how to look after my body, but I, I didn't apply it at all. And uh, I started, I, I started at, a, I found myself at a place where my cholesterol was high, I was 30 years old, bad lifestyle, drinking, smoking. Um, yeah, and then there was just a, a few events that took place. And every time I was just like, life throwing me these signs, I need to, I need to change things. And in 2009, I joined a gym and and uh, it grew from there. It started off as something small, just wanting to change one little thing, and it grew into an absolute, it grew into a passion. So I just changed my lifestyle, decided to be healthier, and just set a goal, made it happen. Set another goal, made it happen. So it's been almost like a ten-year journey, but I think the most changes probably happened for you in the last two years. Absolutely, so. yeah. It's been. It's been a, a steady incline towards where I want to get, but there's definitely been a lot of setbacks in between. And it was never just, you know, people look at me now and say, oh, what have you done in the last year? Like, what did you change? And it's like, well, my mind actually changed a lot over the last decade. And mm -hmm. in the last year, I only started really applying things. But I think for a long time in my mind, I've known what I wanted to do and that there had to be a big mental shift in the way I was doing things in order to reach goals and that's really what 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 held me back was that mental shift I think for some people it only comes at a certain stage of your life you know everybody says oh well, you have to be mentally ready and it's true mm -hmm. for some people that happens when they're teenagers and they just start going to the gym and they naturally act for me that happened in my in my 30s I wish it hadn't I wish mm -hmm. it was sooner because I feel like I had a lot of damage to kind of undo but with that I think the damage made me stronger and to, to overcome those things gives you a, a mental edge that you you know knowing that you can do it knowing that you can change things mm. often you know that um, we often see the difficult things as the end of something but often they almost kick-starting us and kicking our butts into gear to make the changes that we've been procrastinating about and unfortunately like you mentioned like the road to success isn't just a straight a straight flat one it's filled with bumps and curves and turns and even at some points we feel like we're going a bit backwards but we just keep on forging ahead <laughs> yeah I think we become uh, becoming complacent is like a, a big a big problem when it when it comes to trying to keep a, a healthy lifestyle and keep constant because you become complacent and then old habits start to creep in. So sometimes when there's a setback or something happens, 
you got to try and look at it as I, I know it's hard you know and people say oh, everything happens for a reason and but you you made it you, you got to give it a reason you got mm -hmm. to look at it and say right this has happened but I'm gonna there has to be a reason why you have to create that reason I'm gonna use this bad thing to do this I'm gonna take this bad situation and instead of it doing this to me I'm gonna send it the other way I'm gonna turn it around I'm gonna do this so you make your own good situation out of Mm, the you bad have to create situation. Your own opportunities. That's it, and and you've mm. got to see it. You've got to open up your eyes to. Sometimes there's, you know, I always try and say it. So I know I've got full of these cliches, but it's become so true to me. Like there's a couple of them that I, I find myself saying to people over and over. And one of them is that in every situation, there's there's a silver lining. You've just got to see it. You've mm. got to see the signs that the universe is sending you. And I sometimes see other people's bad situations and I can see their opportunities and I think damn you know but now you could do this and I try and tell people oh, I know this has happened but you know you could do this now mm. and I get excited for them but a lot of people don't they don't see it they don't see the opportunity and for me that is where mentally you could really kick into gear and just do something fantastic is when you've been kicked in the butt mm -hmm. because You've got two options and you can curl up in a ball and you can mope about it be sad and your situation's going to get worse mm -hmm. or you can make it mm. into something great and those are really mm -hmm. the only two options and try so, something different that could lead to the most amazing changes in your life i am doing things now that i <laughs> well why don't we take like go back maybe 10 years and you can give us a, a timeline Oh, and like fill in some of the gaps to almost explain to us like where you were 10 years ago physically and mentally and where you are today. She was pops. Because there's I was, been a huge change. I you. was a bad, bad lady. <laughs> 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 I was a very naughty lady. Um, gee, you know, I, in school I was always proud because I used to say, oh, I don't drink and I don't smoke. And all the other kids were like experimenting. But in my early 20s, I got a job working at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that changed very quickly after after that happened because it's people offering you free shots and every time someone buys around and the owner at the bar where I was working was like, ah, oh, go ahead, get you in the mood, sell more drink. And so it very quickly turned around and for, I think, over a decade, I, I was very much, and I, I still am, I mean, I love my heavy metal and my rock and roll, but I got to try and keep myself away from the environment because... It's all about staying up till four or five in the morning. I mm. mean, there's shots, there's drinking, and that's all I did. Wednesday, some before I seriously started working, I was out Wednesday nights, Thursday night, so Wednesday through Saturday, and I had two or three days where I would recover. And mm. with a hangover comes junk food. Mm. With going out comes a pack of cigarettes sitting at the bar. You know, you kind of chain smoking, and you it's a shot, it's a cigarette, it's a shot, it's a and it got to a stage, I think when I was 30, I went for, um, I weighed almost 100 and I went to have a, my cholesterol, my full wellness check done. Mm. And my doctor came back to me and said, look, your cholesterol is not extremely high, but it's on the, the higher side. So you might just want to keep an eye on it. And I was like, ah, whatever, cholesterol, schmestrol, whatever, <laughs> carried on just ignoring, ignoring what I knew in my mind had to be fixed. But I wasn't mentally ready yet to make the change. And when I went back for my next check, um, she said to me, look, I'm going to put you on to cholesterol meds. 
at the age of 30. And for me, that was like, oh, my soul, I really don't want to be starting this decline at the age of 30 because where is it going to go from here? It's going to snowball and get worse and worse and worse. And this is the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. And I felt terrible. And then then she said to me, well, you know, you're going to have to um, think about losing weight because if you want to have children, it's not good to be on, you have to come off the cholesterol meds for that. Um, and that for me was, you know, I kind of got a glimpse into the future and I thought, I've got to find a bit of balance here. So for a long time, I did balance it. I went out on the weekends and I did my thing one night a week. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the week, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. Went to the gym every night and it worked for me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I lost a lot of weight. My weight went down to 69. Um, but I was very lean. Mm -hmm. And did your eating habits change as well? Um, or was it more cutting out the alcohol and the junk food associated with the lifestyle that you Automatically, had? the junk food got cut out because it wasn't a hangover every day and a, a burger for breakfast. But mm. I definitely tried to make little changes. So when I felt like pizza at home, instead of ordering a pizza, I would make one at home and I would use a wrap as okay. the base of the pizza and try and put a little bit less cheese on and some more, you know, mushrooms and tomatoes. Mm. So I started implementing small changes to my diet. I um, started using fat-free milk, um, sweetener. I made sure chocolates were a treat for the weekend. Mm. Um, I just kept an eye on, on what I was eating. But I must say portion size for me was something I never got a con any control of until much later in my journey. Mm. But at least I was making healthier decisions and educating myself about healthier options, mm, small definitely. changes to replace the things that you love. Because if you take everything away, I mean, it's just not sustainable. Mm. So it was a good balance, but it didn't last. There was a few things that happened in my, in my life that just, you, know, you sometimes there's, it, was, it was like a change in my life where you could almost feel this is me changing from one phase to the next phase. It's like a clear cut change in your your the way you think the way you feel um your cycles as a woman everything mm. everything kind of changes it's almost like I can almost, it's like a day when, when i turned 30 i was like things are going to change and i knew i was going to have to put in more effort and more change to maintain now keeping my weight down mm. and it was a big struggle in the middle to to kind of keep it there. Um, How long did it take you to lose almost 30 kilos? That was th three years. Okay, okay. So it was about 10, 10 kgs a year. So it was a steady pace, um, mm. but I didn't do anything that drastic. Mm. Um, but after having a child... How old is your daughter? <laughs> she's five now. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, it it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. You know, before I had her, I used to criticize other women that I saw that were pregnant. And I used to say, oh, I'm not going to do that when I'm pregnant because <laughs> that's just disgusting. Look at this woman eating all this stuff for lunch. Like, oh, how can you have that for breakfast? That's, oh, terrible. You know what you're doing to your body? You're going to put on to... And I just used to criticize pregnant women left, right, and center whenever I, wherever, whenever I saw them. And so I'm going to maintain my health. I'm going to keep eating healthy when I'm pregnant. It did not happen, not for one <laughs> second. And I had a huge setback because I went from 69 back up to 89. My post-pregnancy weight was 89. 
and I just thought, oh, you know, all these things I promised myself, I've gone completely backwards. It's been such a long road. I was looking so fantastic. I had really a year or two of enjoying my mm. new body. And before I knew it, it was gone again. Mm. And all the clothes I had packed away and given away, I was like, <laughs> I should have kept this stuff. You know, and I had this whole new wardrobe now of nothing fitting me again. And, oh, man, I felt even worse than I did before because now I'd, I had it. I had my hands on it and I lost it again. And it was a long time after I had my child because my husband passed away. Mm -hmm. So it was another setback because it was emotionally I felt weak. You know, you don't feel up to all these mental challenges. You just, you know, so much of your energy is put into just adjusting to mm -hmm. all these changes. But surviving and, through that for your daughter Yeah, as well. and, just, and just that energy is, is focused on other things. So you don't have it to put into eating right and thinking about how can I replace this and what should I just do with shopping. You're just mm -hmm. not motivated to do that. And I, I carried on going to the gym. I was still training, but as everybody knows, you can't out-train a bad diet. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're putting all this nonsense into your body, mentally the gym was helping me to feel like I had my finger on the pulse, but physically it wasn't, it wasn't showing. I, I was completely out-eating anything I was doing mm -hmm. at the gym. And I could feel it. I felt terrible. Um, I was tired. I had no energy. It was a struggle. And then... I looked at my child and I thought, you know, I can't, these habits can't rub off on her. My, my husband had a hard life and when he, um, when his father died, his mother didn't take the reins and say, I'm going to make the better situation. Mm -hmm. She said, she took that other road and said, I can't do this and life fell apart. And for my husband, it fell apart. Mm -hmm. And that was a turning point in his life where a lot of things went bad and he had a really really tough life um stories i'll save for my daughter one day because not <laughs> not not a lot of people know about them and i want to i still need to tell her about her daddy's life one day but that got me thinking you know if he's up there watching us i'm sure he would be saying to me don't do the same thing you mm -hmm. know don't do the same thing and I thought, I have to break this cycle. I can't let the death of a parent be the, the turning point one day when she's going to look back and say, oh, but it's because my dad died that my life got screwed up. Yes, you know, exactly. I was like, I'm not going to let that happen. And I thought, well, that, that requires a little bit more effort from me than I was putting in. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, if I don't have the energy and the time to do it myself, then get help. Get a coach, you know. Take it a step up. Be serious about it. And I got a, a coach in, it was a year ago, September last year. Mm -hmm. I got a fantastic coach. Um, she's become one of my best friends. And I think it's because we're in touch daily. Mm -hmm. And she understands that it's about not just a meal plan and here we go and go do this. There's, especially for, you know, a 40-year-old woman, I've got child to look after emotions are up down cycle is all over the place it's mm. and she understands that so it's been a huge journey since September last year of getting to know my body and myself is now a older woman with a child mm. and it's you're I, not the 30 year old exactly and, and yeah. I understand yeah. now why it didn't work mm. what I was doing from the age of 30 to 35 and pre having my child did not work, you know, for what I was doing after that. It's a comp 
you, you've got to know yourself, know your needs, um, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally as well. You've got to find your own balance, your own formula. And you do weight training at the gym. So a year ago, did you decide to start competing as well? Yeah. Or when did that ch yeah. change happen for you? I kind of realized that after my husband passed away that I'm the kind of person that does better when I do things to the extreme. And that was something I was missing from my old party days was just being like over the top, like mm -hmm. not just doing things in moderation and being like, oh, well, I'm okay at this. I was like, I'm going to only nail this if I set like a drastic goal, set something like crazy. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to stand on the stage in a bikini and that is the only way mentally I will be able to give myself credit for doing this journey because you always put yourself down you never see your own progress exactly and before you know it you're back where you started like i was and you haven't taken the time to actually say wow i did that and for me accepting the change mentally and seeing yourself as a new person is actually something that takes a lot longer than losing the weight so if you think that losing the weight takes long <laughs> That's step one. Mm. To keep it there and have your mind accept that you're a new person is a whole nother ball game. Mm. And that is, it's just as tiring and it's not as rewarding because now you're not getting results. I mean, your body's where you want it to be. The only person you, you, you got to talk to is yourself because nobody can see physically now your journey. Mm. Now it's your inward journey to see this new person. And I still don't. I still have days where... I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, jeez, I look terrible, you know. And I'll go to the gym and someone says, oh, you look great. And I'm like, oh, yes, someone said I look great. <laughs> but why should we need that external reassurance of how we look? So for me, standing on the stage was one way of, in my mind, sitting outside of my scenario and looking at myself on the stage. And I know it sounds shallow, but to compare yourself to you know, put yourself on that stage with women that you admire and were your goal. Mm. And to be able to say, you know what, I didn't stick out like a sore thumb. I look, I look good. I look like I belong there. Mm. For me, mentally, that was a way of just really driving it in there that I, I, I did it. I reached my goal. But now my goal is to maintain it. Yes. And that's, for me at the moment, is a challenge because I've got two more competitions coming up end of September and then it's the frightening off-season <laughs> and i got to learn now again a mm. whole new way of eating a whole new way of a whole new kind of control because now at the moment i'm not allowed to have just about i mean everything's off limits so maybe tell us about a, like a typical day in the life of your <sighs> diet for example and then a week of training so our listeners can get some context around sort of the not the pressure you're putting yourself under, but the extremes that you're willing to go to achieve the goals that you've set for yourself. Yeah, it's comp prep is something I think that, and people said this to me, and I didn't understand it as you don't, because the saying goes, you don't understand comp prep unless you've been in it. Mm -hmm. It is, it is so um, precise what you what you eat. There is no room for creativity. It is a mood killer. It is a social life killer. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you can't go out for dinner really anywhere. It's so precise that even the healthy option on the menu, you can't have it. Um, so what do you have I'll, for breakfast every day? 
I'll wake up in the morning and I have plain old ostrich mince and mushrooms and peppers, which is not what I feel like first thing in the morning, <laughs> but it's a good source of lean protein. And I'll have five egg whites. So I try and find creative ways to have that. So I'll eat the mince on its own and then I'll put the egg whites in a blender with cinnamon and coffee and a spoon of sweetener. And that's about all I can have. Just lots of ice and then try and drink it before it melts and turns back <laughs> into egg whites. Um, then I'll go to the gym, usually for two hours. Um, and I take that two hours out of work time. Sorry, boss. <laughs> but... I put it in the evenings and, you know, I, I've got to sacrifice early nights because I sit up and I get my work done in the evening, sometimes till one o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, but yeah, so two hours training at gym, uh, no chatting. I mean, I don't go to gym to socialize. It's for two hours. It's, it's hardcore training between 800 and a thousand calories, hour of weight training um, for a specific muscle group. Mm. And then an hour of cardio, either steady state or interval training. That's the pits. I remember from my days that steady state cardio was oh, mind-numbing stuff. You know, I could do weight training all day if you leave <laughs> exactly. me in the gym. I'll put my earphones on and I'll go sip on a protein shake in between and then back to it. I could do that all day. But any kind of cardio, it's not anybody's pleasure. You know, if, if you think gym is... It's hard and cardio is boring. I mean, yeah, it is. It totally is. But it's just such a, a necessary evil. <laughs> you cannot burn and get your metabolism up. And, and mentally you feel good. I mean, no one ever left the gym after a good old sweat or had a run and said, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, mm. you always feel good afterwards. And it just puts you on, yeah. huh. it puts you on mm. a high and a level that you need to be on in order to be disciplined for the rest of the day. It mm. sets the tone. So, you know, gym is, is not, it's not just there to build muscles. It, it really is a good form of, of stress relief. Uh, again, cliches, but it is so true. You, you always leave the gym feeling more, more motivated. Like you've, you've started your day right. You've done what you were supposed to do. And then I go home and I have a, a protein shake, which, believe it or not, is actually the highlight of my day <laughs> compared to the rest of the food I have to eat because it's, it's something sweet and almost dessertish if you find a nice brand that you like and lots of ice. And I'll usually take a quiet moment to go and sit down and enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> um, like what your brandy and Coke used to be. To exactly. <laughs> that is. If I could drink protein shakes all day, I would for like every meal. But unfortunately, that's not what the, the body needs. You need solid food. So, but uh, I'll try and wait. Okay, I'll wait a half an hour. I have a, a nice lean meal. This is like, I'm explaining now, is a, is a no-carb day. I do four mm. no-carb or low-carb days and one high-carb day. So uh, I'll have a salad, lots of greens with chicken, pineapple, a little bit of feta, keeping the fats low. Um, cucumber, cucumber becomes your, I never even ate cucumber before, <laughs> I did competition prep, and when I saw it on my meal plan, like every day, cucumber with every meal, I was like, oh, I, I can't do this, I can't do cucumber, and now I, I don't even cut it, I just take it out of the fridge, peel the plastic <laughs> off and sit and gnaw on it, because it's just, it's a staple, it's, it's great for, for shredding, it's mainly water, it keeps mm. you feeling full and for some other reason i must actually google this google is my best friend for some other reason it seems to 
curb um, sugar cravings a little bit. So mm. it's a bit of a trick of the trade, and all people in competition prep will know that we go through a lot of cucumber. <laughs> Um, and then yeah, I space my meals. It's, it's not actually that bad because you don't go hungry. You know, I space my meals two to three hours for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. and I eat every two to three hours up till right before I go to bed. So, if you see it as like a short-term goal, I know for me, food was something I always looked forward to. You know, it was a, I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, what am I going to have for breakfast? And mm-hmm. while I was eating, I'd be thinking, oh, what can I make for lunch? You know. <laughs> So everything revolved around these little, like almost like a mini goal. And that's what drove you throughout your day to get to your next meal. That's how I used to operate. And I can still do that because now I eat even more, just better foods and in the right portions. So I'll still, like every two to three hours I can eat. It's a fair size meal. I don't go hungry, um, but I'm never stuffed, Yes, which you shouldn't be. And mm-hmm. that's a feeling that I've learned to not miss. Before, I was like, oh, I wish I could just eat and get stuff, lay on the couch. And now, I can't think of anything worse. It's my, I've grown to enjoy, I know what it feels like to fuel your body for what it needs physically and not for what you need mentally. Yes. And it's just, it feels so much better. Um, and now I don't want anything else. In fact, at the end of June, my last my competition I did, I was just going to do that one. And the only reason I'm doing... <laughs> no, you two more. No, and the only reason why is because I woke up on the Monday morning and I wasn't sure what to do with myself. <laughs> I was like, I need that goal. I need to be driven towards something and I need to eat according to a plan because I like the routine and I think the, I think the body is also tends to operate better when it knows what it's getting in and Mm -hmm. it knows how to to process it how to burn it what to store what to use and eating i know it's terrible to eat the same things every day but i truly believe that consistency consistency in your diet has a load of benefits and that's why for four days in a row i eat the same thing but it Mm -hmm. helps because then you can prep the same thing you can buy the same thing you're never caught off guard you're never like oh well i don't have anything to eat and it's have to run off and get something that you're not supposed to so i keep in my fridge and that's my next three meals of the day squash gem squash um chicken lots of greens and that's my next you know four o'clock seven o'clock and then usually about nine half past nine i'll have another small portion of that um and is, does your daughter eat the same food as you? Like, how easy is... Like, I know probably a lot of people are thinking, oh, but that's awesome, but, like, we what do you do for your child? For your daughter well, as well. Lily's definitely... She, she's changed over the last year, and I can see it's taken some time, but she's she's now willing to, to try my foods. And it's a battle that I've had because growing up, you know, in our family, we would always pull our noses up at food that was the healthier option because it just... It's, it smells a bit stinky when you cook it, or, you know, broccoli, or what stinks like that, or, you know, it's not the appealing food, it's not the sexy food. But that, again, is in the mindset, because do you want your food to look sexy, or do you want to look sexy? Oh, I love that. You know? I love that. <laughs> what, what's more important to you? And I think my daughter, at a very young age, is, is starting to understand that it's not about how food smells and looks, You've got to try it. You've got to taste it, and you've got to see how you feel after you've eaten it. And without talking to her about it, just by doing it, 
and allowing her to make the choice with what she wants to eat. Over the last few months, she's naturally started choosing to pick something off my plate rather than my mom's plate, mm -hmm. much to my mom's disappointment. <laughs> I'm winning this battle, but she does. And my mom will sit down with a plate of food that you know looks great and smells fantastic and makes me water at the mouth. But then I remember why I'm doing this. And then Lily will come up to the table and she'll look into my plate and look into my mom's plate and she'll pick a piece of Cucumber. <laughs> she loves cucumber. She'll pick something off my plate and put it in her mouth. She'll give it a taste and she looks at me and I can see she's like processing it and she's like, mmm. And then she goes, oh, yummy. And she runs off. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, yes, that's what I want. Job done. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I almost, I've got to stop myself from looking at my mother and going, <laughs> ha, ha, she chose mine. But, but that's what I wanted. You know, I said I wanted to break the cycle. Um, you know, you can rely on good things to make you feel emotionally better. You don't have to rely on the bad things. The healthy things can also help you if you just give it a chance. Give, and it, a, you, give, it, a, give it a week mm. or two. Try it, you know. And I think what everything that you are speaking to here kind of, it highlights for me the importance of creating healthy routines, to create healthy habits, to have a better life without that consistency, without that routine. This, this will, won't work for anyone, whether they're running a comrades or um, doing a, a competition like you are on stage, without creating those healthy habits and changing your lifestyle, like none of this would be possible. No, you, you definitely need a plan. You, you, can't, you can't unfortunately just go meal by meal because mm -hmm. you're going to find yourself in a, a scenario where you're going to have to eat junk and take the, you know, you always have to be prepared. I drive myself crazy. It probably takes up like, no, it takes up my whole life. Mm -hmm. It really does. It's, and this is now specific to competition prep because it's yes. a bit easier off season, you know. Then you mm -hmm. can there's mm -hmm. these things you can pack in and take with, and and healthy options at a restaurant you can choose that are fine for off season. But for competition prep, it is so specific. I mean, my mom, we went to the movies the other day. And she was like, have a popcorn. I was like, I can't even have popcorn. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, have it without salt. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't. So it's so specific. And if you don't, if you, if you ever thought about doing a competition, you could probably get your, your body into shape to a point where you can go stand on the stage and look okay. But those girls that are standing on there and that are winning, they are disciplined. They mm -hmm. are like... It, they don't ever say yes mm. to the unhealthy option. Mm. <laughs> they stick to that from the second they open their eyes. They know that what they've consumed that day is only what their coach has told them they may consume and in the portions that they may. That, mm. that is, you don't deviate, which is something I struggle with because I'm absolutely hooked on protein bars. <laughs> <laughs> which ones? Um, oh, jeez. Like all of them. <laughs> grenade bars are amazing and they're high calories. So, I mean, they're great for protein. And again, off-season as a meal replacement, when you're on the run, they're great. But at the moment, added calories and added fats and carbs, I just can't do. Mm. So the protein is great, but I need it without the fats and the carbs. So, mm. oh, the grenade bars. Then there's the... The primal bars are quite low in, in calories. I've checked. I've actually done like a table where I compare <laughs> all the ones that I've tried, where I've compared the, the calorie intake to what's got the highest protein for the least carbs and fats. And there's a few that are 
are much better to buy. I mean, the Kellogg's bars are very low in calories, but they don't have much protein in them. Exactly. No, very few protein bars. Exactly. Do. So, yeah, and then there's the, <clears throat> the caring candies are great. Oh, they're awesome. <laughs> Dark chocolate mint one. Oh man, those <laughs> delicious. are delicious. <laughs> but again, but again, on competition prep, you it's know, it's extra fat. It's the extra mm. fat. So in a pinch, if I'm really, if I'm like, if I don't eat this now, I'm going to the spoon getting a brownie. <laughs> then I'll have like a tiny nibble. If it's going to save you from going off the rails, that's why those things should be there. I don't think, I mean, I've done you know, CrossFit um, fitness competitions like you for a year, a lot of endurance sports. And definitely the year that I spent prepping for competitions on stage, there is no cheating. No. You can be running a comrades or training for a 21 kilometer race and you can still cheat and perform fairly well in your sport of choice. But for something like this on stage, like you are completely exposed on, on competition day. There's no room to be taking shortcuts. You no. can't take the shortcuts. <laughs> you can't have the extra cheat meals. You can't have any cheat meals for probably the last eight That's weeks it, of prep. And I had a bit of a, a, a bit of a row with my coach last week, which is, the first time in a year, so I'm actually surprised it didn't happen sooner. <laughs> but I think after doing two competition preps in a row now, it, it starts getting to you. And mentally, you, you want the break now, which is where I am at the moment. And I've got four weeks to push through. And I asked her, <laughs> can I have a cheat meal this weekend? And she was like, you know, you're four weeks out. You shouldn't be having cheat meals at all. You know, why? Where is this coming from? Why are you... And we had a bit of a round. It was really just a moment of mental, I don't know what, like it was just a real brain fart because I knew I couldn't. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know because why I was expecting any other answers from her. And you know, she gets annoyed because she's got a lot of clients and I'm sure she gets the same questions all the time. As you all know, it's the same questions. But mentally, you can't be strong all the time. And the only way you can deal with it is to just be kind to yourself and realize that it's just part of the process, you know. You can't be strong every day. I'm not. I'm, I must say, I, I've got my little cheats, things I can't give up. My almond milk with my coffee. I'm supposed to be having black coffee at the moment. And in the morning, I can't. My first coffee of the day, I'm like, geez, just give me something to look forward to when I open my <laughs> eyes in the morning, you know. So I have my first coffee with a tiny bit of almond milk, but then the rest of the day, I've got to try and do black coffee. So it's it's hard man but but you grow mentally like with anything else you practice you learn to be mentally strong and i think it might be the discipline that i've fallen in love with mm. you know that mm. that uh, repetitive sense of oh i did it oh i didn't take this oh I, I said no to that challenge and then what i started doing was when we went out for for dinner or if there was a family event or something now i know there's going to be a lot of food there's never less than three desserts at my family functions <laughs> not one dessert isn't good enough there has to be three so that everybody's got a choice of what they want but i know it doesn't work that way everybody has three desserts mm. so it's not about choice it's about indulging we indulge at family functions and i always try and before i go i try and speak to myself as a third person and i say right we are going to show everybody today what we can do. We didn't go through all this nonsense in life to be weak. We did mm. it to be strong. Today, we're going to be strong. Tomorrow, we can be weak. Today, we're going to be strong. Mm. We go into a place where you know there's going to be food. You know mom's going to be there and she's going to be saying, but who's going to eat all this food? <laughs> I made this myself. 
She could have relied on you 10 years you know, ago, but yeah, not, not now anymore. Now, I'm not that person. And sometimes you've actually got to be nasty to like people that you care about. Like I've had to say to my mom, Mom, if you've made this, you eat it yourself. You want food, you want to be around, you eat it yourself. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not going to be the trash can. Mm-hmm. I mean, my brother and I used to always compete who can dish up the biggest plate of food <laughs> and who can eat the most and who's having the last roast potato. Now I use a bit lost because I'm like, oh, you can have all the potatoes. Mm. Take them. And I try and get a mental kick out of doing that because that's the reward. Mm-hmm. When, you know, and people will say to me, oh, I've got a six pack. I've got a six pack right here. And they lift up their six pack <laughs> of beers. Like, how many times have you heard that one? <laughs> Too many. You know? And I'm just like, I think to myself, oh, you know, that's fine. You, you carry on making that's jokes. Awesome. Yeah. That's you, you carry on making jokes. But when I'm the one standing on the stage, I know you're looking at me going, damn, she looks good. And damn, she must have worked freaking hard. And then you'll think back. They saw you working hard. And then you'll think back to that day when you were joking about your six pack. And I said, no, I'm not drinking. I'm not having this. And I had my meals packed and my Tupperwares and everybody wanted to laugh at me. That's fine. Who's laughing now? I did it. I stood on the stage. And that, for me, justified every snigger, every joke that everybody made. It, it just, it was the, it was the you can, you, you did it moment for me. And it was the only way after 10 years I realized I was going to give myself credit. Mm-hmm. Because you don't give yourself credit. We and don't when, enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you look good, you never say to yourself, wow, I look good. Mm-hmm. You're always just setting your next goal and saying, oh, I look okay, but now, no, man, you look good now, you mm-hmm. know? Embrace that. Like, recognize it. It's, it's so it's hard. Win. It's, it's mm-hmm. a win. And I think the reason that so many people yo-yo diet and fall back into old habits is because they don't give themselves that credit. Mm-hmm. They're constantly um, calling themselves out on their failures and disappointments that they don't take the time to actually recognize how far they've come exactly. in the process. Exactly. And you, Even if you weren't competing... That's just what worked for me, you know. That's mm. just what works for me. For someone else, it might just be well, I know one of my f- huge things is being able to get up in the morning and take anything out of the cupboard and put it on and not have to change it again. Mm. Like, how many times in my past, I think every day since I was young, you know, I would have to change my clothes three or four times before I felt comfortable enough in something to leave the house. Mm-hmm. And every time you take one thing off and you put another thing on, you can feel your heart sinking more mm-hmm. and more and more. And your confidence is just... By the time you leave the house, you actually feel a bit You hopeless. feel hopeless. You mm-hmm. feel terrible about yourself. I mean, how awful to walk out the door and get in your car and you just feel terrible. So everyone has their reason for doing it. And you just need... You've got to find that reason and always go back to it. So what date is your competition on? Or you're the two competitions? I've got a fun one on the 21st of September at Barnyard. In Tiger Valley. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be a fun one. There's a themed round. And I'm going to go just as a warm-up and go have a jaw and have a big smile on my face. Whatever comes of it, comes of it. And the following week, I'm doing my first IFBB competition. I think it's called Extreme Bodies. Mm -hmm. The first one is SA Extreme. And this one is Extreme Bodies, I think. Okay. Confusing names. Um, and I'll be standing wellness division in this one, whereas a PCA competition, I did a bikini, and I think I'm a bit big for, for bikini. So I've been pushing size a little bit. I don't want to be small. Mm. Um, so we'll see how it goes. And then it's off-season. 
for a few months, bright time. <laughs> I'm sure you'll set some new goals. If I can, listening to you now, I'm sure you'll have some new goals set, even if you plan for the off season and then something for next year as well. Yeah, no, definitely. At the end, I, I plan on taking whatever crit I can get and, and you know, looking mm -hmm. at my how far I've come this year and, and planning a one competition next year to really focus on. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not planning on winning anything anytime soon. As long as I can see improvement and know in my heart that I, I did better and better every time I, I, I stand on the stage. But for next year, I would like to go for like a, a placing or a first, second or third or, mm -hmm. you know, because then I've got a year to work on it. I know what I've got to do. I know my starting point and I, I need to push. I need to set that unrealistic goal and Exactly, look what you did. You did that a year ago. Who ever thought, mm. never in my life, I was the... I was the drunkard, I was passed out on the floor, <laughs> I was pneumonia, I was sick all the time. So who ever thought I would be where I am now? Not in a million years. Wow. It is really, really amazing, Kaz. And yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Um, we're very excited. I um, hope you're going to send me some pictures of the comps coming up. We wish you the best of luck and um, also for the off season and obviously with your personal goals going forward. Thank you. Um, it, it, thank you for sharing. It takes a lot of courage, and I think people underestimate the power of sharing their story often and how it can possibly impact one person or ten or five that have been listening. So Absolutely. A big part of the journey is just to, to make friends and to, to motivate other people. It's extremely rewarding. Totally. Thank you. Have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you. Bye, everybody.